This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Lighter on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Welcome once again to the Power Play Point Podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you live to tape from uh, late night a bit uh, from downtown Glen Burnie, Maryland. And it's another simulcast edition. Uh, Thanks once again to Mr. Robbie Gross. We're actually airing as we're recording this live, uh, not only to tape, but over the airwaves through the uh, Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, another episode, just as we did last week. Get back to a regular format next week. And with us, of course, alongside uh, Mr. Gross, as I mentioned, is, of course, the only, one and only mermaid, Anna Knox. Hi, girl. Back um, from kitchen design hell, are we? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know how people do it and stay sane, but uh, somehow we did. And yeah, I missed you and I missed the show. I hope you guys are doing well. Well, we missed you. I was it was kind of kind of kind of strange not having you there, uh, <laughs> especially after a game that you went to live. Um, but uh, yeah, we we managed to get through it. I know. I know. And it was a, it was a fantastic game, uh, although I will say um, my Tommy wasn't playing. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. I think they're, they're kind of they're kind of sort of missing him right now. Uh, uh, hopefully. Uh, we can get back from whatever it is that that that's ailing him and yeah i i i I would have liked to have thought that that shot off his leg wasn't as bad but apparently it's it's a lot worse than it looked and it didn't look look good well that was my coworker actually is a season ticket holder and a, a tommy enthusiast as well and she was saying she was asking me today she said you know is the puck off the leg the same one that was injured and I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was his other leg, but then, right. You know what? I'm not sure. Is he like two bum leg? Like I honestly, now I'm like more concerned than I was before, but yeah, for him to not be in the, in the, in the pens game. Oh, that, well, that sucked. Cause I was like, right. I was like a one Oh eight gal. I was like, right. <laughs> like Tommy <laughs> area. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping, my God, like we need him back for Boston. <laughs> yeah, hoping this this <laughs> long this long layoff that they're in. Of course, they're in the middle of the All Star break. We'll talk to uh, um, talk about that and uh, and the uh, festivities as well as the game they played. Um, and uh, I, I've mentioned him already. Of course, uh, we're we're being carried live through uh, the Sports on the Hill podcast. Uh, we have Robbie Gross with us. Uh, for this uh, edition of the the Power Play Point podcast, adding his uh, thoughts and expertise on uh, what went down. It's only one game this week, um, and of course the All Star festivities. Um, 
I'm wearing, I myself I'm wearing an all-star shirt. I thought I would, <laughs> you know, for people that are watching us live. Uh, the, oh, uh, nice. I, I got the TJ Oshi, you know, because it's the St. Louis one and, you know, from 2020. And um, so uh, I thought that would be fitting since we're talking all-star festivities. I am happy we did get that one win, but man, do I, I you know, it was funny because at the end of last week's episode, we said, well, we'll find out how last week went for real when we see how the Columbus Blue Jackets game goes. And yeah. happy to see that at least it, it was it was rough, but we got the win. And that yeah. to me is the most important part of it. But I know that we didn't look particularly great for big parts, but we'll talk about that. But um, the All-Star game itself was pretty exciting. So I'm excited to talk about that. But then these upcoming two games, this um, – yeah, Boston has been incredible this year. We'll have to talk about that for a little bit. And then the Sharks game that I'm just so excited to take Zach to his first game. And uh, so I, you know, that game is obviously, I hope we don't, expo- you know, expel too much energy in that Boston game because I definitely, it's a, it's a short turnaround for sure. Yeah. And uh, I really want them to, you know, do a good game for the home crowd on Super Bowl Sunday. It's always an exciting one. I've actually never gotten to go to one of the Super Bowl Sunday um you know matinees before so i'm excited for a whole lot of reasons but i can't wait to break all that down with you that yeah that that'll be a pretty good game i I think uh the the one against the sharks um and and they're they're second off the layoff so i I think a truer test of uh what uh, uh hopefully a fully rested roster uh so let's go ahead and break down the the one and only um regulation game that uh, came about last week that of course was against the blue jackets uh and i'll be honest uh yes i'm pleased about the win but um not so much as to uh, how it um had to come about um the uh one of the worst teams in the league took the capitals to overtime um very deep into overtime uh well not very deep into overtime but um still into into overtime nonetheless and that should not have happened um but let's go ahead and break down the scoring real quick um hathaway opened the game uh with a goal 506 in the first um put in a tip uh, off of a uh, lars eller shot uh trevor van reamsdyke made it two nothing caps at 1428 uh nicholas obey kubel with the assist on that one. Um, Andrew Peak uh, put the Blue Jackets within one with a goal of his own before the period ended. And then Van, Van Riemsdyk got another one, good for TVR, two yeah. for him on the game, Kuznetsov and Gustafsson on the assist on that one. Um, probably two of the best playmakers we've got right now. Kuzi's getting a bit of a bad rap because he's not been as consistent, but um, he still has 36 assists on the year. Not, not too bad. And, but I know we're all wishing he'd shoot more, more on that later. Um, And this game started to go downhill for me a little bit after that. Uh, Eric Robinson made it three, two. And that's when the, uh, the thoughts started creeping into my head that started to put me in, a state of pissed off beyond the likes of which mankind has never seen. And all I could think of was if, and I, I'll, I'll clean it up, but please don't. If the Capitals <laughs> effing lose this game, then I will lose my SHIT. Shit. Is all I could think of <laughs> the rest of this game after that goal. Yeah, Lo and behold, 
the the Caps played okay hockey. Um, they did get 13 shots on goal in the third, but not really many high quality chances. Lo and behold, who should tie it up? Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, ties it up 12:44, and the Caps were hanging on by their fingernails for the rest of the game. Um, fortunately, Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov would get the game winner 26 seconds into overtime. Uh, Marcus Johansson, Gustafson on the assist on that one. Um, this is this was uh, this was actually a pretty good one. Um, you, Gustafson gains the zone for those who didn't see it, and then Johansson kind of left it for Kuznetsov, and uh, who picked it up just as he got to the the top of the circle and uh, let one go and uh, got past Corpusalo who uh, was uh, delightfully frustrated, may I say, uh, slamming the stick down in frustration after after he let that one in. And uh, yeah, Caps, uh, well, dare I say, got away with one because they should have, this this should have been something of a cakewalk for them, and it wasn't. And they, they made it unnecessarily exciting. Um you could say they were looking forward to vacation. You could say they were tired. You can say anything you want, but uh, I say they had no excuse. I'm still a bit disappointed despite getting the two points. Um, as Alan May said, uh, Columbus is so far back in the standings, giving up a loser point to them really isn't going to matter much. But bottom line, they could have done a lot better, and they didn't. I'm just happy they won. I, you know, I, all of that is a hundred percent true, but they got the two points that they needed in the end. Right. Like, uh, and I, I agree to some extent that you want to, you know, get some momentum and destroy a team that like that going into the, the break. It's a really long break for us. I don't think if people realize it's almost two weeks off. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure you're gaining a lot of momentum either way. You crush a team as long as you don't lose. I feel like losing would, against a bad team would have really set their vacation spirits, you know, pretty low. Um, uh, but, you know, the win, I think, was the important thing because they could at least go out on a high note. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be just a, a rough week, just two weeks off and then have to go right into Boston, which I'm just hoping that this break cools them down a little bit, too. Uh, but. Uh, it's definitely uh, difficult. I do want to talk about something at the top of the show uh, here. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Gobble uh, said Gil is rocking the Sunny Milano hairdo, which I, I like. <laughs> I, I like that comment, and I wanted to feature that. Um, and um, I want to talk about us re-signing some some players here. You know, love it. Yeah, you know, I think. Uh, I really like what Milano has done for our team. I think yep. he's been a great addition. I think that the contract was perfect. It's a little bit more money next year in the middle, the second year and a lower um, average, you know, or lower number for the third year, which is good because you'd expect maybe a decline in productivity or maybe it's a steal in three years. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it, both are possible. Um, and, uh, but then the other one, um, yeah, yeah. Strom is just, been such a great player. We hoped when we got him in the offseason that he would be a replacement for Backstrom temporarily and kind of insurance if Backstrom couldn't come back, right? But we all were saying if he plays well, he plays himself into a nice contract uh, with this team and a slight raise, but one that I think is well-deserved because he is 
a potential future top line center for us, right? So five million a year for five years, I think for the quality of a player that he is, I think that we'll have so many great players in the center position that we're kind of set for the next couple of years there, which is something that's not always easy to do, um, you know, because it's a position of need, which also means that you could use Eller as future trade bait. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunities there as well. But Gil, what are some of your thoughts on uh, these big re-signings? Well, I, I like the uh, you you uh, hit the nail upon the head as far as the budgeting. Uh, the price the price for both players is uh, pretty good. They both could have commanded a lot more, especially Strom. Uh, but for uh, management, uh, that's uh, Brian McClellan to sign them at the salaries that he did. A uh, bit bit of a steal. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's a win right there. And uh, Strom couldn't be happier for him because I I was this was this probably the best offseason acquisition that they that they made. And so to lock him up for the next several years um, is is definitely a coup. I still strongly believe he is Backstrom's heir apparent. Um, and and in fact, probably either not maybe not this year, but uh, next year could probably permanently take take over the number one center spot um, mm-hmm. on the flip side to the tra- these transactions, it solidifies the forward spots. And uh, like you said, makes the deadline possibly very interesting, but everybody has to realize that uh, what's looming in the off season is the fact that on the other side of things on the, on the, uh, for the blue line core, the defenseman only one, is under contract after this year. Um, and unfortunately he's injured. So we don't know what they're going to have. Um, but uh, yeah, Carlson being the only one under contract uh, kind of puts the caps in a very mm, tenuous situation, shall we say. Now there's probably one or two, I'm not going to name them right now who have probably played their way into an extension. And then maybe the rest are left to fend for themselves. Uh, But it's going to be very interesting what the caps decide to do with uh, defensive core. Uh, But since Carlson is still injured, um, I think number one priority from here to the rest of the season and beyond should be uh, maybe not replacing him, but maybe somebody that can, as best as they can, emulate what he brings to the table. Um, uh, I like Gustafson, but I don't think he's enough all by himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, what it boils down to is they need another right-handed shooting defenseman that can move the puck and maybe won't be a liability. Um, And and those are going to be hard to come by. But Gil, I also want to caution, just because the um, trade deadline is coming up does not mean that we can't sign a lot of these defensive players over the next couple of months. There is no limitation. We can sign them all the way up until they're a free agent. So there's not, you know, any of those sorts of, I just want our listeners to know that just because these are the dominoes that fell this week, it does not preclude future dominoes from falling. And in fact, may open up other opportunities uh, down the road, especially if we can move a a contract like a Mantha or an Eller, uh, and then maybe we can future budget for some of these positions. And hopefully uh, some of the defensive players sees this as incentive, seeing that, hey, we're re-signing players that are good to us. If you re-sign with us for good value, 
you know, we'll sign you early. If you really want max value, you're probably going to have to go on the open market. So how much do you value staying with our team? And I think the better that we do going forward and the playoffs, things like that, players will want to stay with us for less. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these next couple of months shape out. Yeah. Very, very true. And uh, so I, I want to give a we mentioned him already. I want to give, give a bit of shout to uh, Tom Gobble. Uh, he's done a very good job for for our room as, as well as many others as, as far as breaking down the cap situation. Uh, there is you're right, Robbie, there there is room for even more signings this team's obviously not done yet. Um, but I uh, just want to prepare caps fans for something of a shakeup because I, I kind of doubt everyone is going to come back. The, 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 the decor, the way it is now will probably not be what we see next year. Uh, for sure there, there's going to be some movement there. There almost has to be by default. So, um, everybody cap fans need to prepare for that. For sure. Right. Uh, I don't think Carlson is going anywhere. Uh, hopefully he comes back. Um, a- after the, uh, like we heard nothing about him. I, well, I'm wondering if yeah. this is a similar situation to what they saw, we saw in Tampa Bay, where they realized that we're cap strapped. Why bring him back you know, quickly as long as we continue to play well? So it'd be interesting to see if we do well over the next couple of weeks, we may not see him for some time. I think if we really struggle out the gate, you know, we might have to see him come back a little bit sooner. Um, so I, it's just, it might be, I don't, I know it's serious. I mean, the injury was very serious, but I, I do wonder if they are playing some cat and mouse with uh, some numbers. Cause if he comes back, we got to get rid of somebody, you know, to get him back. And so are we ready to make those moves? Do we want to wait until, you know, closer to the trade deadline? Um, and, uh, so I have a couple other questions, Gil, when is the trade deadline trade deadline? I believe if I'm not mistaken is March the third, I will double check. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, coming up pretty soon on, on, uh, all of the NHL. Um, and have they announced a future cap yet for next year? Not that I've heard. Um, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had not seen one either. They have in a couple of other sports, but sometimes they don't do that until the end of the season is over. So, yeah, I think they're going to wait a lot closer to the end of the season to announce next year's cap. Uh, hopefully it'll be a, a bit higher than than what it was or what it has been. The problem uh, is right now the TV ratings are so low that I don't know if they can command yeah. much higher of a thing. And if you're a Caps fan, you're rooting for that number to go way up. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it will go up as much as we'd like it to. But a lot of teams are right at that limit, too. We're not the only team that is facing this issue. Uh, but uh, without having high TV ratings, it's hard for the league to be like, oh, let's raise that you know, bar. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see. I would be my guess is it's going to go up somewhere around maybe, you know, $2 million or so, you know, quote unquote rate of inflation how much has been going up the last couple of years, taking COVID out of the equation, but it's not going to go up a lot. Right. I mean, we have a lot of people we need to sign. So I think 2 million might be if we're lucky. So it's, you know, like uh, I hope it's more, um, but it'll be really interesting to see when that comes out and the ripple effects. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect it to be much more than than two million. I think uh, anything more than that's probably going to be extremely generous. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into the 
uh, all-star game a little bit. Unless Anna, do you have any final thoughts on Columbus before we move on? No, I'm, I'm good. I, I agree with what everybody said. I'm just here to fill the square to say, yay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes. They're barking in the background. It's driving me crazy to not have headphones to block that noise out, but yes, through patience. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Um, uh, well, Gil and I will talk a little all-star because I know that you didn't watch too much of it. Um, I did not watch the skills competition. I DVR'd it with the hopes that I'd find time this weekend to watch it. But then I sort of read the returns, as you will, you know, what Facebook was saying about it. And it was not glowing. And so I ended up watching highlights of it, which, you know, seemed entertaining enough. Uh, but uh, it, it was missing a little bit of a wow factor. They had some events uh, that had never been done before. Gil, I know that you saw some of it. What was your overall takeaway of the skills competition part of it? Oh, I actually sat through all of it. And um, <laughs> I, I, I would like very much somehow to get some sort of compensation <laughs> for my time, but I know that ain't going to happen. Um, yeah, I look, look, uh, we don't have much time. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. ESPN is ESPN. And they're made of four letters for some for obvious reasons. Um, I, I think best best summation of it was obviously the highlight of the whole thing for we Caps fans was Ov Junior uh, stealing the show for the most part. Uh, is is actually kind of nice to see uh, uh, Crosby and Ovechkin team up for the breakaway shot uh, yeah. with with him. Um, that was, uh, it was, uh, very, very cool to see that, uh, other than that skills competition, unfortunately, which, which is usually my thing. Um, not a whole lot of highlights in this. Um, the four letter network didn't do anybody any favors by poorly laying everything out. Um, if you're a caps fan, maybe another highlight was Sidney Crosby drowning in the dunk tank. In that one event that they had, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to go back to the because I did watch that and I thought that it was really great as a way to lure Ovechkin to come back to All Star Games because he does skip them from time to time. He's only gone to eight, but he's been invited to way more than that uh, for keeping count. And um, so this is his eighth true appearance there. And it was cool that he's kind of the elder statesman that him and Crosby were going around meeting a lot of the younger guys who really look up to him. But the, the, I swear that in some meeting somewhere, he was like, make my kid the king of the show and I'll come. <laughs> and they, listen, and, and they yeah. listened and, um, you know, uh, they let him go out there. Now, other kids were out there on the ice at times. But no one was in full gear, actually skating along the players, yeah. uh, taking warm ups, uh, you know, and uh, Caps PR was eating it up. Uh, they, they released a lot of great videos. So if people want to check out any of that and follow the Capitals on any social media. They did a million videos and it was great. And I think um, that's what this game is all about. I think a lot of adults were like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. And I know that, Gil, you're not saying that. But like for me, the, this event's really about something for the kids to watch, right? It's kind of like mini Olympics. You know, it's really for kids who might not watch a whole 60 minutes of hockey. Um, I, I was actually hoping to, and I still am going to keep the DVR recording to watch it with Zach later and say, look, oh, this guy's going fast or whatever. You know, it's not really for diehard hockey fans. It's not hockey in its true form. Uh, I did 
think that it's usually more entertaining than it is, but I was really happy to see Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin be buddy, buddy, which I know really irks people, uh, you know, in the, uh, the comments, <laughs> but you know what? These guys have been doing it for 17 years. If they want to yeah. be friend, friends for a weekend, you know, so be it. Like it, they both have lived the same life from opposite rival sides for yep. so long. And so much has been made of this rivalry. And they talk about when this is all over, they're going to go grab a drink together. Cheers, and talk yeah. about the whole <laughs> thing. And I love that because that's what you want from rivals. Ones that can go and shake the hand of the other guy and be like, yep. you were because Cavs fans don't want to admit it, but Crosby and Novechkin are the two greatest of this era. You know, they're yeah. one and two. You know, who there's a debate on who's one, who's two, whatever. But like, um, to see them together on a team, to see uh, what, what kind of uses the transition into the game itself. But, you know, in the actual hockey game, um, the Metropolitan played in the second game. I won't get into the Pacific versus Central too much other than the fact that the Central won. Um, but it was, you know, the Metropolitan, you're rooting for the Metropolitan if you're a Caps fan, probably, or if you're any of the other Metro teams fans. And it was cool because Ovechkin was passing back and forth to Crosby, back and forth, back and forth. And Ovechkin could have scored, but he gave it back to Crosby and he scored. And I think it's great for the game because Ovi's been always been like, he's just a goal scorer. He just sits at the point yeah. and that's all he does. And that's not true. Like he's a physical guy. He scores from all over the ice and a little shout out to ESPN plus. If you didn't get to watch, they had a video, a, a movie, kind of a short movie uh, before the game. Um, and it's called greatness. And it's a hour long uh, video that ESPN and ABC and Disney all put together of all of Ovechkin's well, they claim it as all of his greatest highlights, but you can't do that in an hour. But it was yeah. most of his greatest highlights. And uh, it was cool because they interviewed you know, Crosby and Wayne Gretzky and other greats about Ovechkin. And I was so happy that they did that and to hear their perspective and watch that then going into the game itself. I thought was a really unique opportunity to be like, Crosby doesn't hate this guy, you know, like. Yeah, this whole thing has been manufactured by television. Yeah, the, this hatred between them and the fans have tried to put it there, but they don't hate each other. Like they're rivals. And when they play each other, they're going to, you know, fight tooth and nail for that win. But at the end of the day, they both know it's a game that they both get paid handsomely for. Um, and uh, so it's just cool to see Ovechkin on his first two opportunities to score, gave it up to Crosby for him to get two goals. And then the reverse happened. And I think that that is, it showed that Ovechkin's a great passer. It showed that Crosby, you know, could be a goal scorer too. You know, it showed you know, a lot of these people that are naysayers that, hey, these are two players in the top 10 all-time statistical categories in both categories, right? Ovechkin, right now, active players, top 10 in assists. People don't talk about that. Crosby is top five in goal scoring active players, right? People don't want to talk about that either. And it's cool to see the kind of the flip side of that. And it was unfortunate they found themselves up 6-4. And then, uh, you know, the Atlantic is a tough, tough team. And they scored six unanswered goals. We ended up losing... Uh, 10 to 6. But Gil, what were some of your thoughts on the game itself? Well, I, I honestly didn't catch a whole lot of the game. I, I heard about it, but um, I, I mean, the the game itself, the format is probably uh, as best as they can they can make it for the time being. Some people want to go back to the, the, the drafting, the fantasy drafting team captains picking them. Back. I don't know about that, but um, the, the skills competition, if we can go back to that for a second, left quite a bit for me to be, de, uh, you know, to be desired. And it wasn't just the coverage. Uh, some of the events were a little confusing. 
Um, I, I'd like to kind of go back to, uh, because like you said, it is for the kids. I kind of like for them to go back to one year, a couple of years, they had this, this kind of relay where, uh, one guy would do, um, a, a kind of a puck relay that, that the, the stick handling through the little pucks, uh, one guy would, uh, shoot, shoot the puck through the, uh, over the top of an obstacle through a little net. Uh, to show off passing skills. And then they pass it on to somebody who'd take a wide angle shot, something like that, something more of a true skills competition uh, versus uh, all of these, these, these theme gimmicks that, that uh, uh, came across. I mean, I, I understand they want to play to the host um, and you know, Vegas, they hit it off with that card shot thing, but um, uh, the dunk tank, that, that was okay. But I, I kind of want to, get back to letting the players be the players and, and show off their actual skills versus what, what they did this year. And I think that's what really lost it for me. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of gimmicks because for yeah. the highlights that I saw, they just had like five gimmick events. And I get that they want to make it South Florida E or whatever, but I, I do think that it falls a bit flat uh, for a lot yeah. of fans uh, just for timing's sake i mean so anyway atlantic goes on and beat central uh you know people who care about the result of the all-star game i thought it was really cool to see some pitchers coming out of it the the uh kachucks and the brothers they were so dominant in that game i know <laughs> i'm sorry Anna. but they it was cool to see a picture of those two brothers with ovechkin at the beginning of his career as little kids i saw that that was and a cool that, picture and then to now see them, you know, I, it was crazy. You got a hat trick plus two assists um, uh, in that first game. Uh, and his brother got, I think, two and two. So it, it was a, a dominant performance by the brothers. Um, and an MVP. Right, an MVP. And a, a well-deserving. And uh, they were able to have some really good defense. It also is nice to have Vasilevsky as your goalie, mm -hmm. uh, even in three-on-three -three tournament. And especially because he's been there a lot. Like, yeah. he's played in this uh this version of the all-star game every year they've had it, I believe. So um, that's good practice. Right. So um, yeah, I, I thought the game was entertaining. The skills competition can be leave to desire. Let's get into the upcoming week a little bit. Cause I do want to talk a bit about this uh, juggernaut that is Boston. Um, and um, Gil, what are some of your thoughts on, on playing Boston in this first game back? Well, Boston actually went into the break on something of a slide. I uh, think uh, I'm going to have to check, but they actually lost um, at least three out of their last four games. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they were just looking forward to vacation or what it was, but um, I'm sure the, the, the rest is going to do them some good. They actually have some games that they're, they're playing already. I think they're actually playing tonight as well. Uh, before we get to them, uh, obviously, since they're leading the whole league right now, they're, they're the runaway president's trophy candidate. Um, it's not going to be an easy task, but maybe the layoff uh, did them a disfavor. Hopefully, uh, I don't know, but that either to way. The question though, Boston actually doesn't play until we play them as well. So I really I'm, okay. I'm happy to say that they the league didn't really screw us up because I think actually if they had played a game before that would have been really bad for us. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm kind of happy that uh, their last game was actually a win against Toronto on the first, um, and then before that they had lost three in a row. So they did end on a win um against a, a big rival uh, you know Toronto they won it pretty good five to two 
in uh, Toronto, uh, nonetheless, scored three goals in that third period um, and uh, ran away with it. So uh, it, it had been 1-1 halfway through the second period and then uh, Boston. Uh, so, um, but Boston, though, going before that, though, was just on a crazy tear where they basically never lost at home. And those three losses were on the road. They have still very few home losses. I believe they only have one this far in the season regulation home loss and um, or some really small number like that. And so I am a little bit nervous because Saturday at three 30 matinee games don't do us well, but um, I'll ask Anna real quickly. What are your thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I have to admit, I'm, I'm kind of dreading this game. Um, Boston sits at, at 39, seven and five. And it's like, God, and they're just, you know, they're always going to be a, a nemesis and, you know, you have to consider pasta, um, Charlie McAvoy, just, you cannot, you know, you can't let up on, on either one of them. And so I think it's going to be, you know, the caps have got to come out regardless of, of their time off and play 60 minutes and play 60 minutes. Like they mean it and give it their all because, you know, they know, especially playing in Boston. It's like, it's going to be hardcore and it's an afternoon game that sucks. And then they come back home and have a matinee game on Super Bowl Sunday, which I feel like it's just always a little. Um, so if, if they come out and play smart, uh, good. I don't want to hear anything, you know, like, oh, everybody was just off for a week and of oh, this. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> you're still in the season. You still have to you still have to come out, and play hard, especially against a team like this. Yeah. So, Gil, knowing that it's that they gave us the same amount of time off. So I guess other teams have their one week break at other times. Um, and, uh, cause they're getting like an extra break. It's not just the all-star get in and they come right back to it. Um, yeah. Boston is this is juggernaut. They have 39 wins already. And at 83 points, it's one of the highest point totals ever going into an all-star break. And, do you think, I mean, they seem like the real deal. We saw them, I believe, week one, right, of the season, the first game of the season, and um, uh, I, they beat us pretty badly. And I, I even at the time said, I think they're a really good team. I don't think this is just like, a, you know, we played really badly kind of situation. But how do you go into like a day game with this? And which goaltender do you think you start on uh, Saturday? And which one do you do Sunday? Uh very good question about the goalies, um, but th- this game is going to be, well, I, I think we all have to be honest here. This game is going to have to be uh, the, the one-game tune-up that they have af- after uh, such a long layoff. Unfortunately, Caps don't, uh, have not traditionally done well after such a long layoff. Mm-hmm. Um well, so it's going to be so physical. So it's like, yeah, who? I would say you'd put Lindgren in, but. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Lindgren, I don't know what it is, but Lindgren tends to do well when uh, the Caps can keep them close. So if, like you said, Anna, they, they come with a purpose and they'll try to win instead of playing not to lose, then um Maybe just maybe they can you know eke out maybe a point. Uh, I would personally be happy if they take it to overtime and and either lose there or in the shootout. Um, 
My only concern about that is it's less than 24 hours until the next game. So yeah. any any additional time on that body, yeah, I really hope that they roll four lines. It, it, you know, if it especially if it goes that situation, if we start to go down to two lines and they get exhausted, like that's going to be spell trouble for the next day. I think. I don't yeah. think the coaching staff is going to have much choice because everybody's everybody's going to come in there with rusted legs and uh, they all they all are going to need their time. Uh, but uh, to your earlier point about Boston, this is how good they are. They're actually considering resting Patrice Bergeron every other game. They're, they're actually figuring they're not going to need him the rest of the season until the playoffs as much. That's how good they've been. So they have a 13 point lead in their division. Just, yeah. that's and just to give you an idea. In uh, in our division, Carolina is playing really well. They have 76. So we're talking about seven points above even Carolina. And their differential is eight over New Jersey. So 13 is much larger than eight. And, um, you know, Toronto has been good this year. So the fact that they got a 13 point lead over like a really good team like Toronto, um, you know, right now they have 83 points in Washington, just so you have an, a sense of 60. So they have 23 <laughs> more points than us. Yeah. Ouch. But not giving up hope. Come on now. Yeah. yeah no, well, I mean, yeah. They, they, there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. And it, it it's going to come come down to how well they're conditioned. And uh, I think they can there's a good chance I can. I think they can at least take it to overtime, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I've almost got this resigned to a, a loss. They should fare better. I think even playing 24 hours later, less than against the sharks. Okay. I think uh, once they come back home um, and play, you know, some, something of a lesser team, um, you know, I think they'll fare a lot better when, when they, when they finally come back in front of the home crowd. I hope so. I re- I, my first game was a loss. Every time I sat next to the glass, it's been a loss. Like <laughs> when I saw the Sharks, you know, and we lost a, a presidential election and got shut out that time. The last time I saw the Sharks, so like <laughs> it, it, it's not the signs aren't great. And like, uh, but I'm so happy that my dad is willing to take my son. We were sitting four rows back of glass, dead center seats. Yeah, you know, so it's like Amazing. the best seats. And this thing, I hope my son can see because he's so tiny, but I will like put him, you know, stand on the, you know, seat, whatever. <laughs> people, people don't care. He, he's a four year old, right? They're just going to be excited that a, a new Caps fan hopefully is around. And um, uh, so I'm just so excited to take into that game. I'm, that's going to be my highlight of next week's show is, you know, recapping how it goes. I'm going to take lots of pictures and videos and show it on next week's podcast as well. Um, cause it's something, it's 25 years after my dad took me to my first game and I, I got to go see Lord Stanley cup that year be raised. Um, and seeing that in our building, maybe like, Oh, we got to get there. And, you yeah. know, so um i was of course much older than zach is by almost like a decade at that point but uh i'm so happy he gets to start so young i get to go to a game and get to go with my dad just like i did and the three of us are gonna make a whole day of it drive down there get there early and you know try to you know get a certificate of his first game and all that and do it right and so i'm just I hope it's a good game. Like we don't, we don't have to win, but just don't get blown out. Don't get shut out. Like, you know what I mean? Like make it entertaining. And so I'm kind of hoping Lindgren plays in the first game and then, you know, um, but I, I'll be interested to see 
how they do that goalie balance, but yeah, uh, I'm just excited for the opportunity and excited for next week's podcast to hopefully break down a, an exciting game. But I want to yep. give Gil a little bit of time right here at the end. I know that it's uh, Black History Month, and he does a segment for that on on the Power Play Point podcast every um, week uh, during this month. And so I wanted to give Gil a little bit of time right here before we let you guys go. Um, but this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, yes, it, so it is Bl- Black History Month once again. Um, so uh, every year uh, in February, we uh, invite uh, exclusively our African-American or uh, black listeners to uh, come on the show. Now, that's not to say that is not to say, of course, they're not welcome any other month right. just because we don't want you to come on just because anybody who is a caps fan this is our open door policy anyone who's a caps fan who wants to come on talks ca- talk caps hockey with us who has an informed opinion watches the games wants to have your say we have an open door policy you are welcome to come on the show with anna and myself anytime you want uh, be a co-host have your say about the caps talk about how you think they're doing what they should do and uh, but we uh, we put the spotlight on our African-American listeners for Black History Month, um, got uh, two signed up uh, in the coming weeks who've already expressed some interest. And on the Facebook page, we're going to be highlighting um, the uh, dozen or so uh, black players who have played for the, the Washington Capitals and others as well going to be highlighting their life and career on and off the ice and uh, something of a biography there as well. So uh, if you're uh, an African-American fan, you've never been on our show before, um, tune in. Uh, you want to come on and uh, talk Caps hockey with us. Tell us your story about how you became a Caps fan. Tell us your experience about what it's like you know, being watching the games, being in the arena, traveling. Um, we had uh, a guy on last year, Tyron Waller. He went to several different arenas in the uh in the uh, during the regular season last year and favorably reviewed them compared to capital one so uh you if you have an experience like that you can come on and share that with us uh we'd love to hear from you um so uh do please come on we usually record sunday evenings and you can get in touch with anna and or myself and we can make arrangements love to have you on love to hear from you and hear your story And I also want to give a shout out to all the people on Facebook that were commenting. We are having a lively discussion, so I didn't really interject fan comments in there. But um, C4 was uh, saying hi to everybody. Um, And then Tom Gobble was also saying Bettman didn't uh, make the comment the cap would not go up more than a million because they still need to recoup some of the losses from the COVID seasons. So that's what I was afraid of. but sometimes you got to inject money to make money. But, you know, I, I understand uh, that thought process. Um, he also said the all-star jerseys were terrible. It was hard to tell teammates. And I kind of agree with that. I think that all-star jerseys need to go back to like single tone colors, like yeah. one color versus another color versus there's like this star cutting into it. And yeah, like, I was one had white thing. lower one had white upper and like one had black on one side and one had <laughs> like teal, but it was different enough, but it was, it was not, it wasn't easy. It should be like red versus blue or yeah. white versus black. You know, yeah, it just it, it could have been a little bit better. And not to be not to be a downer even more about the jerseys, but I, I'm done with the Crayola factory explosion <laughs> introducing the fluorescent colors. 
I, I, I'm done with that. Let's let's go back to like like Robbie said, more basic colors that are a bit of a bit more of a contrast. And honestly, one thing you could do, I'm just spitballing ideas right now. You could have four separate colors for each one. So like Metropolitan is blue, Atlantic is you know white, you know one of them is yellow, one of them is red on the other side. So that way, often what happens is. If two teams are wearing the same jerseys in the first games, then one of them's got to switch, right? And then to the opposite color of the same, you know, side. So yeah, mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, but flip. But it'd be cool if all four of the different divisions had more iconically different color jerseys, and they could even wear them during the skills competition too. And you could even have just colors, and then the crest of your team on it that would be kind of a cool idea too so that way it's the same color across all of them but you could easily see what team somebody plays for so there's there's definitely ways that they could improve upon that for sure so i did want to get that comment in there but um but gil i'm so happy that you have uh so many of our different listeners uh, joining you for this month i think it's a special thing i hope that they do uh contact you about coming on i've always enjoyed that segment through the different years as well um and uh yeah so i'll I'll let you guys have your final goodbyes here and then uh i'll let you do your sign off and then um i will let you go all right so uh briefly uh previews of coming attractions we've already mentioned that it's it's boston coming back saturday and then 24 hours later for super bowl sunday the sharks um so good back-to-back test uh hopefully caps come out with at least two points from those two get four points total but two points uh in some form from those two games so that'll be interesting to watch from there it's going to be a, a a scrap to the finish uh first towards a deadline and then the, the the regular season so like we've been saying they've got to pile up the points now they have to start their playoff run now and that's that's my opinion for that mermaid did you have any uh final thoughts final summation based on what you saw no, I don't. I'm I'm just glad to be back in a in a consistent schedule with you guys. I missed you guys. Missed you too. Glad to have <laughs> you back. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we will be back on with a special guest next week, recording Sunday evening at five p.m. as as we always do. So for the Power Play po- uh, Point Podcast uh, portion of the Sports on the Hill podcast, this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you. Well, if you did see the skills competition, then you saw Pat Maroon, who is from St. Louis, interviewing Clayton Keller, Clayton Keller, rather, who is also from St. Louis. So what did you have there? Obviously, you had a case of Missouri loves company. Yeah. No. Hallelujah. And let's go, Caps. Go, Caps. Good caps. This has been another episode of the Power Play Point Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Conkle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Play Point Podcast. Thanks for listening.